Welcome to the Retail Focus Podcast, a weekly collection of news, interviews, and information from the world of retail. Welcome to this edition of the Retail Focus Podcast. I'm Trent Kling for Leighton doing some work behind the scenes coming up on this week's episode. We'll be joined by Rod Sides, Deloitte Insights Leader and Retail Partner at Deloitte LLP. Rod will join us to discuss the first of what is to be, I'm sure, many holiday shopping projections across the retail landscape as Deloitte has released their holiday sales forecast actually as of September 13th. So looking forward to discussing those preliminary numbers with Rod. In news, we'll discuss back-to-school sales, actually. We'll take a quick look back as Placer.ai data gives us our first look at what we might be able to expect from back-to-school sales results. And we'll look ahead to another lawsuit involving Amazon this time in California. A quick reminder that you can check us out on social media at Retail Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. My phone, well, my older phone went missing, and so I'm starting anew in terms of collecting photos for the Instagram page that Leighton will post. Leighton's also doing a good job at posting the latest retail news and information. So let's jump right into the back-to-school sales for 2022 as we get a quick postmortem on that due to this location-based data. We'll still be looking forward, of course, to retail earnings reports to determine the strength of the 2022 back-to-school shopping season, but Placer.ai did release their back-to-school look-back, so to speak. And as a reminder, if you're unfamiliar with their data, their data comes from location-based data, usually from cell phones, and it's thought by many in retail and commercial real estate to have the most complete location-based data set. But one thing I do always caution when we talk about this data, it's instructive largely for foot and vehicle traffic. We always add this caveat because it's entirely possible that, say, a retail segment could see falling traffic, but increased sales due to jumps in basket size. So traffic obviously doesn't tell us the entire picture. This data really only partially illustrating retail phenomenon during a given shopping season. But let's begin with the monthly visit data from Placer.ai. When you look at visit data for August 2022 versus August 2021, trips to retailers were down almost all across the board. And other than a slight bump in July 2022 for discount and dollar stores, this swoon in terms of location visits, it's really seen throughout the last two months for retail categories. To be sure, discount and dollar stores saw the lowest decrease in monthly visits across retail sectors. Their monthly visits were down just 0.8% in August year over year. But the year over year fall off was more severe for superstores, which was a 5% drop, 5.5% drop to be exact. And grocery stores saw a 6.3% drop, but the largest fall off here was seen in clothing and department stores. Both of those were down double digits from August 2022. Of course, the fall off in traffic isn't just a back to school shopping phenomenon here. There are other macro factors at play. The data obviously can't be parsed out between back to school shopping and people just going about their regular shopping. But given the fact that you're comparing year over year, really looking at the back-to-school season as a whole. One other thing that I did want to note is the fact that in 2020, back-to-school shopping for things such as clothing may not have taken place in several markets. I think both location data and sales data speak to that. So you could argue that 2021 produced a surge in back-to-school 
shopping for certain categories, apparel being one of them, and that got back down somewhat in 2022. So you look at clothing department stores down double digits year over year in terms of traffic. There's probably a good reason for that. One is they were lapping a bit of a surge last year in 2021. Also, inflationary impacts could be leading consumers towards fewer trips, but a higher basket size, something that we saw during the early pandemic days of 2020 and something we've heard a few retailers reference on their recent earnings calls. But there is some positivity to note. We talk about traffic being down, but sequentially, certain categories in retail actually ticked up a bit in terms of traffic. Clothing and home improvement were among them. Also, three-year traffic comps were positive for grocery stores, superstores, and discount and dollar stores. So this suggests that even though there's some bearishness right now in 2022 due to macro factors, things may still be busier in-store versus pre-pandemic for these categories versus 2019 in those categories. And in fact, when you look at discount and dollar stores in particular, three-year traffic comps are up over 20% for that category. In terms of the cadence of store visits, it appeared that mid to late August was perhaps the busiest time for retailers. Comps year over year were less negative during the week of August 15th and even less so during the week of August 22nd for the major retail categories. So suggesting that traffic ticking up as the month progressed comparatively, of course, to last year. Discount traffic, when you look at just the week of August 22nd, that actually ticked upwards 0.8% year over year. So it kind of countered some of the traffic losses that discount and dollar stores saw from earlier in the month. And when you look at just the week of August 22nd, superstores saw just a 2.7% year-over-year traffic decline for that week. And what I think this indicates is if you, if you zoom out a little bit and look at the data, this could indicate a return to a more typical shopping cadence for major retail events. And that's something we'll ask Rod Sides about here in a few moments regarding Deloitte's holiday projections. But last year, we saw back-to-school and holiday sales stretched out number of reasons. First, retailers running a lot of promotions in July, but there were also supply chain concerns and more. Especially when you look at holiday sales, retailers were running promotions in October and November, trying to push that shopping season up. This year, at least so far with back to school, it appears as though traffic was more robust in what we would consider the last few weeks of the season. So the last few weeks of August. And maybe this is a phenomenon we'll witness again for the holiday season, we might see cadence of sales maybe compressed even to 2019 levels where you see the majority of sales taking place between Black Friday week and the week of Christmas throughout the United States. Maybe not, but again, it's something we'll ask Rod Sides about as far as what Deloitte is seeing regarding the cadence of sales. Now, Placer.ai also looked at traffic levels for a few select retailers, and they parsed out retailers Best Buy, Kohl's, and Old Navy for the comparison during the course of the summer. And the traffic gap between 2021 and 2022 shrunk for all of them during the course of the summer. So this is good for the retailers in that they appear to be building up at least some momentum. The traffic gap started off enormous in the early summer months in 2022. In fact, some weeks in July, it was over 20% down in 2022 versus 2021 for these three retailers. 
And it's also important to note in terms of comps, the traffic levels in late summer of 2021, when you look at August of 2021, that might have been impacted by the onset of the Delta variant. But when you look at a retailer like Kohl's, it's promising to see traffic levels, which were down over 20%, again, year over year in parts of June, to be down only 6.8% in the last week in August. And this happened for all three of the retailers that were parsed out in this report. Now, Placer.ai hypothesized that if this type of traffic recovery, what we saw at Best Buy, Kohl's, and Old Navy, continues across the larger retail landscape, it could potentially bring on some positives for retailers who are headed into the holiday months. Ethan Chernovsky, who is the author of this piece, noted for Placer.ai that when viewed from a higher level, perhaps the sequential impacts of inflation and gas prices appear to be tailing off. Now, granted, gas prices have generally improved throughout the country as summer closed out, so perhaps some of this is just a direct correlation to those gas prices improving throughout the country as August pushed on. Alternatively, Perhaps customers are more insulated against these impacts than previously thought. And yet another possible reason for the traffic increases actually comes from NRF data earlier in the summer. This data came out in July regarding the back-to-school prognostication. And the NRF suggested that families appeared to be prioritizing back-to-school spend over other categories throughout the retail landscape and even stretching into things like restaurants and travel they surveyed over 7,000 people for this survey. In fact, 7,830 consumers were surveyed for this. So you might have seen traffic bumps at the end of the season because families had saved at that point to spend specifically for the back-to-school purpose, and they were waiting until the last minute to confirm maybe that they had to spend this money that had been saved. But I think there is some Placer.ai data that maybe contradicts some of the NRF's earlier survey data. And this is where we see sometimes intent doesn't always match up with execution when it comes to consumers. This is not a flaw on the part of the NRF's data, certainly. But sometimes you'll interview consumers, as we see every year for the holiday shopping season, and you'll see numbers like 68% of their spend is expected to be online. And then we see the actual numbers and it might be in the 20s or 30s. So a lot of times intent is a little bit different than what actually takes place. And when you look in terms of cadence at the NRF's earlier survey data, the NRF study from July actually said that 81% of consumers plan to use deals during the week of July 11th, so that's prime week, so to speak, to do their back-to-school shopping. And maybe this was true in a digital sense, but traffic, including buy online pickup and store traffic, that lagged year over year during that time for most retail segments, and it lagged throughout most of July. Again, survey data suggested that people were trying to get their shopping done earlier. And in the NRF's article releasing these numbers back in July, again, Phil Rist of Prosper Insights said that retailers were attempting to shift with consumers by bringing inventory in earlier because it was thought, again, at the time that customers might be shopping in July get the bulk of their back-to-school shopping done a little bit earlier. But what we saw was that most of the traffic, at least, was pushed towards later on in the back-to-school shopping season. So you might have seen inventory linger longer on shelves in certain retailers than originally expected. Now, I wanted to wrap up with this, something not back-to-school related, but interesting to note from Placer.ai's data nonetheless. Traffic data for fitness centers continued to be very robust 
versus 2021. We've talked on the show about the possibility of people abandoning the fitness routines they adopted during the pandemic as they return to the office, maybe have less time on their hands because they've got that commute. You have some semblance of return to normalcy achieved, so maybe there's that pull to do more things, get out of the house, go to more movie theaters, restaurants, you know, spend time at concerts and the like rather than exercising, but this appears to not be the case. And that's a potential positive, I think, for athletic retailers and athletic apparel retailers. Perhaps the market isn't saturated for their products after all. In case you're wondering, by the way, three-year traffic comps for fitness centers are up a whopping 20.9%. When you look at just the year-over-year summer data for 2022, fitness centers are definitely in the double digits in terms of comps. August of 2022, they were up 27.9% year over year. And in case you think that might have been Delta influenced, when you look at July, they were up 22.4% over 2021. So it could be people are more comfortable going to these fitness centers. But in all likelihood, this is a continued bump from the surge of interest we saw in recreational opportunities, in fitness routines adopted during the pandemic. And so this is possibly great news For the sporting goods retailers that are out there, the big fives and dick sporting goods of the world, as well as those retailers that are pushing athleisure wear or athletic wear. Obviously, Lululemon is the big one everyone notes, but I think if you go even beyond that, retailers such as Hibbit, retailers potentially such as Foot Locker, who's been struggling on the back of Nike pulling some of their product from them ultimately, I think overall, great news for these athletics retailers and also great news for retailers in shopping centers where the likes of a Planet Fitness or the likes of an Anytime Fitness might be located. Some of those retailers might get a traffic boost as a result of some of that traffic going to these fitness centers. So I think a lot of dynamics there to keep in mind that are very intriguing for retailers when you look at this location-based traffic data. Well, that'll do it for our first segment on the podcast. Once again, coming up, we'll talk to Rod Sides, Deloitte Insights leader and retail partner at Deloitte LLP. Deloitte's holiday retail sales forecast was just released on September 13th, and we'll talk to Rod about those early numbers. Tis the season, and by season we don't mean the holiday shopping season, that's not upon us yet, but this is the season we enjoy the most, the holiday shopping projections season. And as research firms throughout the world begin to release their holiday shopping projections, we're once again pleased to turn our attention to what we feel is one of the most comprehensive and accurate set of projections out there, those released each year by Deloitte. Deloitte's holiday retail sales forecast was released on September 13th, and here to discuss the numbers is Rod Sides, Deloitte Insights leader and retail partner also at Deloitte LLP. Rod, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you again. First, I was wondering if you could give us a refresher on just how Deloitte generates their holiday retail forecast data on a yearly basis, because I know you guys have been doing it for quite some time now. Yeah, we look at a number of factors every year that we go through the forecast. We certainly look at things like unemployment rate. We look at what inflation is looking like. You know, personal disposable income probably is the most important feature for us to look at in terms of what's happening there. Is it growing? 
How does that compare to savings rate, et cetera? Those two are some really key predictors for us as we go through and think about the overall sales. Now, the couple of things that we peel out, we take gasoline sales out of it. We take you know food sales out of it as it relates to folks dining outside the home. So we're trying to get to really a goods and services view, if you will, of what goes into that number. Now, when you talk about personal disposable income, I just wanted to follow up on that because that's got to be something that's pretty difficult to wrap our heads around this time of this year in particular because we've seen inflation, we've seen a lot of other macro impacts. So how exactly is Deloitte kind of controlling for those things as they factor personal disposable income versus things like savings rates? Well, what we attempt to do is look at the impact of inflation. So we know on a nominal basis that income's up about you know, 7.5% year over year. A lot of that has to do, obviously, with wage increases, et cetera. And then what we know is that a lot of that purchasing power has been eroded over time. And actually, the purchasing power has declined slightly for many families just based on the impact of inflation. So when we look at that, those are the things that we think about. And we're seeing personal disposable income at about 4.4, if you will, year over year. And that's what's really driving us again to the forecast that we have from an overall holiday spending perspective. Now, so let's talk about that overall spending forecast. We've got tough comps because 2021 was really great for most holiday retailers. We've got a backdrop where, as you mentioned, customers might be being a little bit more cautious with spending because of the inflationary impacts. What does Deloitte's forecast call for in terms of overall holiday sales and a potential sales increase for the upcoming season? Well, we're in a range of four to five this year overall. And again, that's at the total volume level. We'll get to units in a minute. So we're, we're settling on about 4.25 is what we're thinking from a growth perspective year over year. That's much more in line with what we found pre-pandemic. So we were always in the the low to middle single digits, somewhere between four and five, if you will, dating back all the way to 15. So this feels like it's much more consistent with what we found pre-pandemic. But you talk about the units also, and obviously those are two very different things. When you see sales growth on a dollar basis, what can we expect to see as far as unit sales growth? Well, we think units are likely to moderate, again, at an you know, eight, eight and a half percent clip, depending on what you look at from an inflationary perspective. What that would say is total unit volumes will probably decline year over year. Again, I think it'll be interesting to see early in the season in terms of what that looks like. But yeah, we expect a slight decline in units for sure. You mentioned we can take a look at some of those sales numbers early in the season to get a better idea. Obviously, the biggest story from last year, other than the massive growth we saw during the holiday season, was the cadence of sales. Customers had supply chain concerns. Retailers had supply chain concerns. We saw more shopping done earlier in the season than ever before. Will we see that continue to spread out a little bit in terms of overall cadence, or are we expecting things to maybe compress back to where they were pre-pandemic? I think what we'll find is we will see it compressed back pre-pandemic. We'll know more, obviously, in a couple of weeks when we get our panel of about 4,000 responses back. But I would base that on what we found in our back-to-school survey. So when we asked the question of when people were spending we bounce back to where we were pre-pandemic in terms of the timing. So I imagine we're going to see the exact same thing in holiday as we go into the season. Now, the big question is, there are probably some categories where there'll be some scarcity and maybe folks will move ahead on those categories. We'll see. But I imagine that we will be much more in a cadence that we were used to pre-pandemic. Let's talk e-commerce for a second, because even though we saw the massive sales growth that we did see last year, e-commerce growth was a little bit attenuated. It was still high single digits, but what can we expect 
in terms of e-commerce holiday sales growth, where it might come in this year? You know, we're actually predicting it to be up about 13.5% year over year. So we're still seeing a fair amount of growth, even coming off the high comps last year. Again, if we go back to the inflationary period, so okay, units probably online are going to go up because of the impact of inflation. But yeah, we expect to see it grow year over year. I think the big challenge is to really understand, you know, where that's coming from or why. I think a lot of it comes back to convenience for us as consumers that this holiday season has just become so much easier for us to shop online in a lot of cases and have the things delivered to the doorstep than perhaps going in fighting the crowds. So I, I think that's going to drive a fair amount of that. So we talk about e-commerce maybe outpacing overall retail sales growth, but as consumers begin to be maybe potentially a little bit more price conscious, what are some other categories or what are some other areas that might benefit from price consciousness of consumers? Well, you know, we expect durables to continue to be down. You know, they were up really big in 2020. We were all outfitting our homes. We spent a fair amount of time redecorating, et cetera. And so that moderated a little bit as we got into 2021. I think as we get into this year, you know, we're expecting those categories to decline. But I think what we'll find is we'll make it up in areas like, you know, apparel tends to do really well during the holiday season. And now that we're starting to get back out, going to offices, et cetera, I could see that coming back pretty big as we go in. I think we're also going to find that we're back to more travel than we've been in the past. We will probably see areas like entertaining, and I'm thinking about food and wine and spirits as an example, has been a category that was on a tear before we got to the pandemic. We all kind of slowed down because we weren't going in. I could see those types of categories coming back as we go through this season. And on that same note, you know, when you have price conscious consumers, even though you might see segments like entertainment, like travel, like restaurants go up a little bit, a lot of folks have said, hey, you know, maybe watch the value sectors, the off price sectors. Just as you get a chance to look at the data, and I know you don't have the full 4,000 person panel in quite yet, but what can we expect to see as far as maybe off price retailers or some of those value based retailers seeing more of a surge than typical? I think they'll do quite well if I had to guess going through here. If I go back and think about where we were in 07, 08, right, when we went through the Great Recession, you know, what we found is that the retail market really bifurcated. And those at the lower end of the segment did extremely well. So to your point, you know, whether it be the off-price, the dollar stores, et cetera, even the mask guys did pretty well in that category. And then luxury did pretty good in that time as well. Yes, you know, consumers look to make that really expensive purchase. A lot of them, you know, purchase things for themselves, looking for the right kind of promotion. I think we're likely to see that kind of bifurcation again as we go through this season. And as we wrap it up here again, I know we'll get further demographic data and maybe a little bit more granular data as that 4,000 person panel comes in. But it appeared as though for a while, especially going through the pandemic, price declined a little bit. It was still king, but price declined a little bit in the mind of consumers as far as what was driving their decision. We saw things like convenience, which you mentioned. We saw things like safety. Back to school season, we saw price surge back to the front. What are other key decision-making factors, though, this year that we might see from customers as far as what's driving that decision above and beyond price? Well, I think certainly you're right that the price is going to be a big driver. I think a lot of it's going to be availability. So the big question, and, and we dealt with a little bit of this in back to school, did you have the right balance of, of product in store or at least available? So I think retailers are going to have to spend a fair amount of time on the specific category level strategies that say, you know what, 
maybe there's a scarcity around a hot item and we need to move on that more quickly. So being able to to talk about, you know, what's the in-stock quantities by location, et cetera, might spur some demand. Then the convenience is always important. What was really interesting as we went through on the recent back to school studies is that when folks looked at the reasons for shopping in a particular brand or using buy line, pick up at store or ship from store, et cetera, we had moderated back to some levels that were kind of pre-pandemic. I think the whole convenience factor is going to come front and center again as we go through holidays. So a little bit of scarcity, a little bit of convenience. You combine those two with the right price points. I think retailers are going to have a, a season where they're going to need to be very competitive with one another to be able to eke out that dollar. We'll close on this. I know it's still pretty early in terms of the projection season, but when we look back at the holiday shopping season of 2022, let's say we look back in March of 2023, what do you think we'll be talking about most as it pertains to this holiday shopping season? I think it'll be a mixed question, right? In terms of did we get the mix right? You know, we know we're going to have a price conscious shopper. We also know that retailers largely ordered quantities and picked the right assortment, et cetera, back in the February, March timeframe. So, you know, how good was the crystal ball around that? So I think if we look back, we're going to go, okay, you know, did we pick the categories right? Did we predict the behavior? Have we seen a long-term shift in at least the mix? And my guess is, again, we're going to get back to a mix that feels a little more comfortable with 1819 and 2021. I think that's going to be probably the headline that we're going to have to look to write in March. All right. Interesting stuff as always. Well, Ron, once again, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll look forward to the further holiday data that Deloitte always releases as we get a little bit closer to the season. And thank you for your time as well. As always, we may have a position in or against companies we discuss on the podcast. Do not invest in stocks solely on the input of the podcast hosts. It's always a pleasure to be joined by Rod, and we hope to be joined by either Rod or someone at Deloitte when it comes to their full shopping survey that they do, their full consumer survey. They do such a great job every year breaking down consumers into groups, talking about the cadence a little bit further of holiday shopping. So very excited to see those numbers. Typically, they come out sometime in October, and we always profile them here on the podcast. Now, another thing that we're looking ahead to is yet another lawsuit tied in with Amazon. This is not Amazon's first lawsuit. This is not their first rodeo when it comes to lawsuits. And of course, every retailer has to deal with lawsuits, but Amazon lawsuits tend to be a little bit higher profile. This was brought forth by California's attorney general regarding their practices surrounding wholesalers and third-party merchants. Basically, the gist of the lawsuit is saying that Amazon, over the course of 2012 to 2019, they had a pricing parity provision in their agreement with Amazon Marketplace sellers, basically saying that those sellers on the marketplace, these would be the third-party sellers that sell on Amazon, they couldn't undercut the prices that they were selling at on Amazon. They had to sell products for a little bit more expensive on sites like Walmart.com or eBay or any other websites that are out there. Now, Amazon took out that language after Congress kind of looked into things, but they still have some unspoken limits in there, supposedly, allegedly, for third parties, including the buy box, which is the portion on Amazon's site where you can, of course, look up a product and buy it 
immediately. If you're a third-party seller and you might be selling for a lower price on other sites versus Amazon, you might not get that buy box. So the state of California, and more specifically their attorney general, brought forth this lawsuit. Now, it's going to be a difficult one to win because Washington, D.C.'s attorney general last year took Amazon to court. A judge dismissed that case. That's been since appealed. Washington state also shut down Amazon's sold by Amazon seller program because of concerns about price fixing and anti-competitive behavior. Ultimately, the reason I'm looking ahead is because oftentimes in the past, what we've seen is Amazon has adjusted their practices somewhat in front of these lawsuits. It's not very often that Amazon just out and out will lose a lawsuit. It's more likely that they would settle or change their rules to get out of the lawsuit. So that's really more what I'm looking ahead to. I think in a circumstance such as this, the likelihood of these third-party sellers actually receiving some funds or receiving some benefit from this is pretty small. And as Leighton is fond of saying, oftentimes in these circumstances, the only parties that win are the attorneys in question. But I do think it's interesting that increasingly you're seeing some of these practices with the third-party sellers from Amazon come into the daylight and a lot of questions being asked surrounding potentially anti-competitive behavior coming out of Amazon. Now, if you're Amazon, look, you have a fiduciary duty to your shareholders, to your company, to look at every way you possibly can in terms of winning on price, in terms of continuing to keep your market share. Obviously, the overwhelming majority of those in the retail landscape are pretty bullish surrounding Amazon. And so Amazon's got to do everything they can to continue to hold their leg up on other retailers, especially in the online sales space and especially in the third-party sales space, which again, third-party sales make up a majority of Amazon's retail sales at this point. So ultimately you're looking, will they change some of their policies? Will they face increased scrutiny from other states and other areas as they go forward regarding this marketplace platform. I think these are questions yet to be answered and questions that will come up for as long as any retailer has a marketplace platform on which third-party sellers are conducting business. And, and further, you've got to look at potential practices from Walmart and Target, not saying that they exist necessarily over there, but if Amazon's coming under the microscope, other platforms with third-party sellers might also come under the microscope in the coming years. Well, that'll do it for us here on the Retail Focus Podcast. We thank Leighton for putting in work behind the scenes, and we thank you, certainly, for listening each and every week, as well as Rod Sides for joining us. We look forward to being back with you on the next episode. This has been the Retail Focus Podcast. For more, visit our website at retailfocuspodcast.com and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Retail Podcast.